This is Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson from TeachersPD.net, giving you effective teaching and learning strategies for your classroom. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, I want to talk about formative assessment, and I thought I should start by talking about why formative assessment is so important when it comes to helping our students develop the skills of lifelong learning. Firstly, formative assessment requires a change in perspective on assessment. For too long, assessment has been seen as summative, a tool that tells us how much the student has learnt from a unit or a year of school, and that was it. Formative assessment, on the other hand, requires that both the teacher and the student view assessment more like a check-in to see how they are progressing. You see, formative assessment has a very different goal than summative assessment. Formative assessment is looking to discover how much learning has happened, if there has been any misunderstandings, any areas that need to be readdressed, and what should happen next as the student moves towards the learning goals. So, rather than the assessment being about attaining a grade, like formative assessment is, it's about checking progress with the purpose of adjusting teaching and learning activities. Formative assessment, then, is the bridge between teaching and learning. In one direction, it tells us whether the teaching has produced learning, how much learning, and how students are progressing. But, and I think more importantly, formative assessment also goes in the other direction. It tells us how we as teachers should adapt, adjust, and change our teaching based on student progress. It is what we should be basing our differentiation upon. If we can make this shift in mind frame and help our students do the same, it will provide them with a great skill moving forward as lifelong learners. And that skill is to be able to use assessment to monitor performance, identify areas to work on, and then find the next steps required to develop their understanding and skills to become masters of not just the new content, but of learning. As teachers, we need to be leading by example in this area. We must see assessment of students more as assessment on our teaching than on their learning. Of course, there are students who choose not to try and others who may never be able to get your content. But the reasons why students don't meet the learning goals is all too often because teachers either didn't expect them to or because the student was not told what to do next to progress towards the goal from where they are now. We have known for a long time that differentiation is important and that all our students are different. But we have also known that differentiating learning to meet the needs of all our students is difficult, if not impossible, especially with the limited amount of prep time that we are given. But since when have teachers ever shied away from doing hard work? Today, with technology, the ability to differentiate for each of our students has actually never been easier. Please note, I did not say it was easy. I said easier. I do know that it's still not easy. In fact, I'd probably even say it's still hard work. The best way to know how to differentiate your classroom is to use formative assessment to determine what you do. We need to make sure that the assessment we ask our students to do has the goal of informing what we do next as teachers. If this is the goal of assessment and students see this, then the change in mind frame can finally begin. Not only will they begin to see a purpose to assessment, but the type of assessment will change because the goal of the assessment is different. Suddenly, assessment becomes a tool to support learning, not a tool to check learning or to rate or rank the learners. When it comes to formative assessment, just doing the basics will dramatically help increase student learning. This in turn helps our students to identify as learners as they encounter more and more success in their learning. But 
I'm sure that we can do a lot better than the basic three to one sheets at the end of a lesson. Not that that's bad, it's a good start, but we're looking to really take our formative assessment to the next level here. Improvements in learning from formative assessment can be doubled by adding learning intentions and success criteria. If you sit down and first work out where you are trying to take the student's learning, what this looks like and how you will know that the students are successful, it can have a huge impact on how you create your formative assessments and you focus on what the next steps for the students are to help them progress towards their learning goals. You can actually work out what the next steps are for your students in given scenarios before they are even encountered, helping you to be better prepared for your unit or future lessons. If you want to increase this impact again, you can get three times the learning from formative assessment if you combine your learning intentions and success criteria with data tracking. If you create a spreadsheet of the data that you collect from formative assessments and track student progress, it better informs your teaching and enables you to be more targeted in your design of learning for your students. We should be relying on evidence to inform our decisions about what to do next in our classrooms for each of our students. Now, I thought I should mention a few ways that technology can help us to implement and respond to formative assessment. Firstly, there are now so many tools such as Google Forms, Kahoot and Quizzes that allow you to create a self-marking quiz. Now, these are not necessarily the best types of formative assessment, but they are easy to administer, they self-mark, and once set up, can be used over and over to check for lower levels of learning or what Hattie often calls shallow learning. Personally, I love to leverage video in my classrooms to help free me up to spend more time with my students but also to enable my students to provide me with feedback about how they are going. So, for example, I flip my classroom. The use of video to provide the basic content is a great way to allow me more time to spend with each of my students. Talking with them, looking at the work they are producing or interviewing them are great ways to do formative assessment. To check in and find out what they understand, what they are struggling with, what skills they lack, or how these can be refined further, to improve their ability to learn through collaboration, critical thinking, and problem solving. I also really enjoy leveraging tools such as Flipgrid and Seesaw to help make student thinking visible for me. Flipgrid is a simple website where students can respond to prompts by recording a short video. This then allows me to see more of what is going on in their head. For example, I might ask them to quickly explain how the different components of health are related to each other by providing an example. Based on their responses, I will know if they have understood this concept or whether I need to provide them with more learning in this area. Seesaw is a much broader tool and can function more as an LMS, but it is still highly visual and allows me to see what is happening in my students' minds so that I can then identify what they need to do next. The trick with formative assessment, though, is to make sure that your focus and that of your students is on learning progress. Where they were, where they are, and what they need to do next to get to where they are going. Don't allow yourself to start providing students with scores. This is not the focus. The focus is on whether they have learnt something that you have tried to teach them. If not, it needs to be retaught in a different way. If they have understood it, then what is next as they progress towards success? This is where your success criteria is key. Once you have shown your students what success looks like and helped them to be able to describe it, That is when the next steps in the learning are most clear. So, what should you do this week? 
I recommend that you start by focusing on one lesson. What are you hoping your students will learn? What does that look like? Create some success criteria and a learning goal based on this and share it with your students. Then create at least two, preferably three assessments that will be done in the lesson to check students' learning as they progress towards the goal. You are essentially thinking here of how the students can show evidence of their learning. As a challenge, try not to use a test or a quiz. Try and identify some type of performance the student could do in the lesson to demonstrate their learning instead. Finally, make sure you change what you do based on the feedback you get from the summative assessments. This will require you to think about the different feedback from students that you might get. Some may have grasped one bit but not another. Others may have misunderstood a foundational concept. What are you going to do when this happens? You are essentially creating an algorithm for your lesson that helps ensure all students end up reaching the goal, even if some take longer than others and a different route to get there. It is time to shift our mindset towards assessment. Its purpose is first and foremost to inform our teaching practice and secondly, to help us and our students track their learning. You've been listening to Effective Teaching with Dan Jackson. Please visit teacherspd.net for more effective teaching strategies and online professional development.